Welcome to eHealth Talk, a podcast from Health Informatics New Zealand and hosted by me, editor of eHealth News, Rebecca Macbeth. This podcast provides a regular roundup of news and views from across New Zealand's data and digital health sector. Please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Kia ora koutou and welcome to eHealth Talk NZ. Today I'm speaking to HINS board chair Karen Blake and board member Steve Earnshaw. Welcome on the show to both of you and can you start by telling our listeners a little about yourselves and your background in data and digital health? Go to you first Karen. Awesome, thank you so much Rebecca. It's an absolute privilege to be spending some time with you all on this podcast. A little bit about me. So I originally started off professionally working as a midwife um, in New Zealand and I've also worked extensively in Australia. And it was during my career that I um, explored lots of different parts of working in the health system, uh, from you know running big hospitals to uh, policy work in central government um, and working in education as a lecturer. Um, and during that exploration of my career, really landed on data and digital as one of the kind of the foundations of a modern health system and started doing some kind of project management work and some implementations and a couple of go lives and um, then moved into a more senior role as a Chief Nursing and Midwifery Information Officer in Melbourne at a really large hospital doing really big, large-scale digital health work. And then after moving back to New Zealand, spent four amazing years at Health Alliance uh, supporting the Northern Region um, with their data and digital aspirations. And for the last couple of years, I've been working at PwC, establishing and now leading our digital health practice. Um, And throughout all of that, have never lost my passion for ensuring that people have the most amazing health care in our system. Um, and I'm a really big um, um, supporter, I suppose, of the public health system and people's you know, fundamental human right to amazing um, and equitable health care in our public health system. And Steve, how about you? Thank you, Rebecca. Um, so my background's in orthopaedic surgery. So I was an orthopaedic surgeon um, initially from the UK, moved to New Zealand so about 20 years ago now um, to take up a, an orthopedic consultant role down in the South Island. Um, I, I've always been passionate about improving the system and improving healthcare for, for all of our patients and, and community. Um, so, so I got more and more involved with a whole range of activities, particularly sort of leadership and management roles, and then ultimately became the chief medical officer in South Canterbury. Um, alongside that role, um, I took on being the lead for digital health um, for the district, um, which came with either no or at one point I did get a, a tiny, tiny little bit of FTE, but not really any, but it became at least half of my job. Um, so I struggled to kind of juggle doing a good job at that alongside my you know, leadership role as a CMO. Um, and at that time led um, the, the digital health uh, programs in the South Island. So I was chair of the South Island Regional Clinical Informatics team um, and, and led the rollout of, of their clinical portal across the five districts in the South Island. Um, I took up a role as an almost full-time role now um, as the Chief Clinical Innovation Officer in Wellington and Wairapa five years ago. And I've, I've 
I've been working here for the last five years, uh, initially on my own, and then gradually over the last five years, I managed to build up an amazing clinical informatics team who I work, work with. Um, and we've you know, been doing some amazing projects and some great work. Um, alongside all of that, I've been involved in a national role, um, both in terms of Ministry of Health and Fata Aura programs, uh, but also been actively involved in Kiln and HINS over the last few years. Great. Thanks for that introduction. So what about HINS? What attracted you to sit on the board? How long have you been on the board? Um, and for those listeners who don't know the organisation very well, can you just explain a little about it? I joined the HINS board after being voluntold to stand for election um, by other people within the HINS organisation. Um, so it was definitely a voluntold situation and um, absolutely nerve-wracking um, putting myself forward for election and am incredibly humbled um, to have been elected onto the board. I am really passionate about the ability of pins to be a connector across the health system and that's what really attracted me to be on the board and to make a real difference to the digital health community and to you know my colleagues who are you know waking up every day and and working in digital health wanting to make improvements across our health system it's also an opportunity to um, meet other incredible people who are on the board, and, and I think our board and our team that lead HINS are pretty phenomenal people. Um, so it's a real privilege uh, to be board chair of the organisation. Over to you, Steve. For me, it was a natural evolution. I've been involved with the Kiln Advisory Panel for quite a number of years now, and um, just under two years ago, several uh, other members of the advisory panel sort of shoulder tapped me and suggested that I should put myself forwards uh, for election for the Hins board. So a little bit like Karen in that regard. So I was semi-voluntold too, um, but I was pretty keen on the idea once I was, it was suggested. Um, and, and for me, it's a lot like Karen. So I'm pretty passionate about trying to improve our system. And I can see that Hins as that connecting organisation and the sort of home of our community in health informatics is in a unique place to really do that. Um, and something else that I've been really keen on over the last several years is, is trying to build and mature clinical informatics as a profession. And so to move it from being something that people do in their spare time to, a, you know, a true professional organization and professional body uh, or professional group. Um, and I see that, you know, HINS is in a key position to be able to do that and take that forwards. Um, so for those reasons, you know, I, I was keen to stand and uh, I was uh, very humbled to get lots of support and to be elected onto the board. Um, and and I'm really excited about you know where we're going in the future and the, and the possibility of really improving things for health informatics in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Can you just, uh, for those people who don't know what Kiln is, as Steve explained a bit about that, interesting that Karen was also one of the key um, instigators of that network as well. So Kiln is the network of clinical informatics leaders um, and, and is a, a network that's open to all clinicians uh, across New Zealand who have an interest in informatics and digital and data and digital. Um, started off as a separate sort of free membership network and has become, over the last year or two, uh, part of the HINS umbrella. So that Kiln now sits as a sub part of HINS uh, specifically for people in clinical informatics. Great. So 
in the wider sector, New Zealand's health sector is going through a period of transformation. Just interested in your views of how data and digital is enabling that. Do you want to start on that one, Steve? The plans for transformation are large and bold, um, but how that's going to work is still very much in evolution and there's still a lot of consultation and planning going on around what that's going to look like and how it's going to work. But what is really, really clear is that so many of the transformations that are planned really rely on data and digital in order to enable them to happen. You know, moving healthcare more out in the community, allowing patients to be seen remotely, um, sharing information widely across the system, you know, all relies on data and digital um, to make it happen. So I think it's absolutely certain that it's going to be key. Uh, how that's going to work and how it's going to come together is still in evolution, as I mentioned. And, and the fact that that's still being worked out is itself a huge opportunity. And that's where we collectively, you know, can can advocate and can advise and hopefully steer things in the right direction to try and really sort of enable transformation in, in a good way. Yes, Karen, what do you see as potentially Hens's role in supporting that transformation of the health sector? Hens is a really key pivotal role um, supporting the health sector to be able to um, talk to each other and share ideas about what the transformation needs to look like and and then what are the enabling data and digital technologies that we can bring in behind to underpin uh, the system transformation and provide an environment and and a place where people can meet to reduce duplication, to share innovations, lessons learned when things don't go as well as what we want them to go. and to be able to have a voice for uh, people working within data and digital. And that's a part of HINS's ongoing transformation and evolution. Um, you know, we'd never want any organisation to stay the same. And certainly HINS is uh, reacting to the transformation of the health system by transforming itself as an organisation. And I think increasingly we're going to see HINS um, speak up on behalf of people who are working within the health system about what their needs are around data and digital. So it's interesting that you're both clinical by background. I was wondering how does that clinical training and expertise inform your work today and how can we bring through more clinical leaders into the digital space? And thanks. I mean, it's a really good question. I mean, for me, the fact that I've got a, a long background in clinical practice gives me a really deep understanding of how the system works. Uh, but also, you know, what it's like being at the front line in health, what clinicians need and what patients need from the system um, in a way that people who've only ever worked um, in the back end don't necessarily have that depth of understanding. So I think it gives me a really deep understanding of how things are and what, what they could be like. And then the second key key aspect, I think, is that it enables me to speak the same language as clinicians and, it, and I can communicate with them in a way that they can understand, you know, we have mutual respect and I can then act as a sort of two-way translator between clinicians and the data and digital staff. Yeah, I mean, what's your, you've obviously got a lot of experience, Karen, what's your experience if you don't have that clinical knowledge or those clinical translators and connectors um, involved in data and digital projects? Oh, that's such a great question, Rebecca. And we're lucky that the NHS has looked into this problem and um, there are a couple of really pivotal reports um, from a few years ago out of the NHS that really talked about having 
an absence of clinical informatics involvement and leadership in data and digital projects was completely correlated by high failure rates um, in those data and digital projects where they really um, either don't meet the needs of the end users, they're not addressing the problems that people are actually trying to solve, um, and they can introduce clinical and patient safety risks into the environment. To me, it just makes absolute um, sense that clinicians are, are working side by side with our technical colleagues um, in the same way that when we're doing um, you know, work as clinicians, everything that we do is multidisciplinary. You know, doctors and nurses and allied health and administrators and the hospital cleaners um, all have to work together to deliver patient care. And that same, um, you know, way of working around having multidisciplinary teams really should be how we're working in data and digital. Um, as clinicians, we also know that when we're delivering amazing healthcare, we do it as a part of a multidisciplinary team. That, you know, when we're looking after patients in our hospitals or in, our, in the community, it's always a combination of doctors and nurses and allied health professionals, um, administrative staff, the hospital cleaners, you know, everybody who's involved in patient care. Um, and we all need to work together to, to, to support people to, um, you know, to be treated and diagnosed in, in our hospital system. And really the same is true when we're doing uh, work in other parts of the health system, that it needs to be a multidisciplinary approach so that we bring everybody's talents and insights and skills and experience to be able to design and, and implement, you know, amazing um, data and digital solutions into our hospitals and, and our community. You know, and there are specific skills that clinicians and clinical informaticians bring around change management and, and understanding clinical workflows and supporting user adoption um, and assessing for, um, you know, clinical, clinical or patient safety risks and, and really understanding what that return on investment is going to be. Um, so, you know, to me, it just makes absolute sense that if we're going to do data and digital well, we need to have clinical informaticians absolutely embedded in all parts of um, data and digital teams. Yeah, I mean, thanks, Karen. I mean, I agree that a multi multidisciplinary way of working is really central to our success. Um, and I personally have this vision for informatics that we could become the, the first really truly multidisciplinary health professional group. Um, and certainly my own team in Wellington, you know, we've developed that in a way that we've got people from all sorts of different clinical backgrounds. We bring that knowledge to the team, um, but we work as a cohesive team and there isn't any sort of hierarchy that, you know, doctors sit at the top and nurses in the middle and allied at the bottom or anything along those lines. We're all there as equals, uh, but bringing our own individual skills. And I think as a wider professional group, you know, that is where we need to go. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So, Karen, have you noticed an upsurge in interest and enthusiasm for technology adoption and use of data in the health system since the COVID-19 pandemic? And if so, how can that momentum be harnessed and encouraged for the future? I think immediately after the COVID-19 pandemic and the amazing um, shifts that we had in our, in our health system with data and digital as an enabler, um, you know, we all talked about wanting to maintain the momentum and, and to keep things moving. Uh, but what we've actually seen in reality has been quite a significant slowdown. 
Um, and I think a lot of that within the public health system is due to the uncertainty that's occurring with the transformation as the public health system um, works out what it's going to be when it grows up and then what are going to be the enablers that need to come in behind to support it. So I think from a public health perspective, we've certainly seen things um, slow down um, and a lot of projects have, um, you know, ended or, or paused or, or have changed um, focus recently. So where we've seen most of the innovation um, and the acceleration is now in the community um, and in private facilities and in aged care sectors. Interesting. What are your thoughts on that, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I'd agree that progress has slowed down to some extent over the last year or so. And a lot of that, I think, is related to the uncertainty around the current transformational changes. Um, but I think what COVID showed us is that we can change and we can do things quite rapidly when we need to. Um, and for me, it showed that we we're able to change things in a pretty deep way in some clinical areas that I never believed would have been possible. And, and, and the fact that we've demonstrated that, I think, shows that we can do that again. And I think once we come out of this current phase of reorganisation, if we can somehow tap back into that and create a new momentum then absolutely we can change. So I think it, it shows what's possible. Mm, interesting. It was really about having that sort of single purpose, I think, wasn't it? A lot of people talked about that really breaking down barriers and that had been in place. Yeah, I think it was that. And I mean, the barrier thing, I think, is an important part of it too because what happened is we gave people permission to do stuff um, in a way that they'd never had permission to do it before. And we, you know, we re removed a lot of the barriers and said, yeah, it's so urgent. We just want you to go out and do things and do new stuff. Um, we've put some of those barriers back again since, which perhaps we shouldn't. Um, but I think once you once you take you know those those constraints away, people can do some amazing work, which is great. And finally, can you give us some insight into your plans for Hins and what the future health system might look like in your view, enabled by data and digital? I'm really excited about the future of HINS. Um, we've got an amazing board and um, a management team that are just doing some incredible work. We've recently employed a new CEO um, and Tim's brought to HINS, you know, different ways of working um, and a real appetite for kind of change and, and growing HINS in a way that... Um, you know, we've certainly had aspirations to be able to do, and, and that's a part of um, Tim coming on board as our new chief executive. We are doing quite a bit of work at the moment within HINS to um, reshape the strategy of what um, HINS is going to be doing over the next three to five years, and we're really excited to be able to start sharing that uh, with our community um, and getting some input um, from all of you about what that strategy is going to look like. So we're developing up a bit of a straw dog for people to then um, provide us with some feedback. And it's really about HINS becoming uh, bolder, um, being innovative, um, doing um, our part to um, support, um, you know, a reduction in inequities across our health system, you know, and what's HINS's role to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, I agree, and I think that um, you know, the future role for HINS is really exciting, and we we have a role in promoting and advocating uh, for the right sorts of changes in the system, 
Um, in the past, you know, we've been deliberately quite neutral as an organisation, but we have made a, you know, a significant shift with the new strategy, the new board and the new management team that you know, we plan to advocate for the things we want to see, including equity in the system. Um, we also want to you know, be a place that brings together the community of health informaticians across the country. Um, we'll continue to you know, support education and information and media. Um, and finally, you know, we want to take a leading role in becoming more professional as, as, a, as a group. Um, you know, supporting you know the maturing of of health informatics uh, as as a profession and, and 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 all of the things that that involves, which may include things like you know, education, certification, and so on. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, we're talking about health informatics New Zealand, and you mentioned the clinical informatics leadership network. Uh, for some people, they might be more familiar with the terminology sort of data and digital health. I was wondering if you can just talk us through what are the similarities or differences between those two areas? I mean, as I see it, data and digital in, in the past was very much a, a technical domain and was around you know, technology and implementation of projects and programs. Um, and that existed very separately from you know, the world of our clinicians, our users and our patients in the system. Um, what we're evolving is a is a thing that fits in the middle, and that is health informatics and clinical informatics. And, and that's about how we connect together clinicians, patients, and, and users of the health systems with you know, the data and digital technical teams. And, it, and, and it's a group of people who work in partnership with the technical people to enable you know, the right sort of changes and to really accelerate work. Um, and I think that is that thing that, that will allow us to transform much more quickly than if we try and do it in the old style where we've got you know, people working off in isolation, developing things, which then may or may not be what's actually needed at the front line. So, so I see it as a real accelerator of change and, and the enabler of you know, the future we want to get to. Thanks for joining me today, Karen and Steve. It's been such a great discussion. Uh, to learn more about HINS, you can visit our website at hins.org.nz. Thanks for listening to eHealth Talk. Be sure to subscribe and share with your colleagues and friends. eHealth Talk, eHealth News and the eHealth Webinar Series are supported by Health Informatics New Zealand. See hins.org.nz for more information and become a member starting at just $17 a month. We also have affordable organisational membership options for both our industry partners and healthcare providers. <laughs>